reading from uh, Luke chapter 9, from verse 1 to 6, and then from Luke chapter 10, from verse 1 to 9. And I'll just pray for a blessing on the Word and on Andrew. Father, we just thank you that we can come together and read your Word and be blessed by it. We thank you, Lord, that you speak to us through it. And today I just pray that you will be with Andrew as he brings a message to us. And that you will give us ears to hear and hearts and minds to understand. And uh, yeah, just try to live by what you direct us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Luke chapter 9 from verse 1 to 6. Jesus sends out the twelve apostles, and he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, and do not have two tunics, and whatever house you enter, Stay there, and from there depart. And wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. And then to chapter 10, verse 1 to 9. Jesus sends out the seven the 72. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide. For the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near, you, near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, Go into its streets and say, reading verse 11, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Dagmar. We're, um, 
I, I chose those two scriptures because they're basically um, two times where Jesus actually gives, um, gives he, he, the 12 and then the 72 a plan how to do what he's asking them to do. And um, today we're talking about uh, making a plan. We're um, in a, a theme at the moment. Our, our overarching theme is moving people in following Christ. We're applying that to, to everything that we do in our, in our, in our uh, life groups, in our grow groups, in our church services, in youth. And um, our sub-theme is we're looking at the Gospels and we're talking about the master plan. And focusing on um, the, the verses at the end of Matthew, and, and you would have seen them up there. You notice that I borrowed Glenn's PowerPoint, but he said I could. So, um, and the verses at the end of Matthew, where, um, where Jesus commands his disciples to go. And then uh, Glenn, a couple of weeks ago, um, said, well, that's as you go, as you're on the way. Um, and we've been focusing on what does that mean? Uh, what kind of things uh, come into play as you go. And we all are in as you go in life. You know, whether you're doing it for whatever reason, you're always going and doing something. There's, there's stuff that you're doing. So we looked at, the first one we looked at was setting priorities. Glenn talked to us about priorities and setting up your life to be able to do what God's calling us to do. Setting up your life to be able to focus on moving people in following Christ, in discipling, uh, understanding and determining what's important in our life. Then last week, um, Glenn spoke to us about opportunities, using opportunities to disciple people. And he focused, his, focused us in on Zacchaeus and Jesus' interaction with Zacchaeus. And looking at opportunities for us, how do we introduce them to Christ? How do we lead people to Christ? How do we lead people to a new lifestyle, a discipleship lifestyle? And so this week, we want to look at making plans or make a plan um, and I'm going to be talking about that, talking about being intentional. Um, and both scriptures that we looked at are, are really directive in that. They're, they're very intentional. Jesus didn't leave it to chance. He, he told them what to do and when to go. Nothing much happens if we leave it to chance in this world, does it? Making plans is not a foreign concept to us. This is not something that we don't know how to do. Ways we make plans, things, the things that we need to do for. What, what are some of the things where we wouldn't just have this attitude, well, let's just see what happens? What are some of the things in life that we make plans, and you can call out? I thought I could make a list or, or you could help me make a list. What are some of the things that we plan for? Holidays. I knew that would come up. <laughs> Weddings. Oh, wow, Wedding. Hidden agenda, not so hidden agenda, sorry. Babies, what else do we plan for? What, what sort of things do we plan for in life? Sorry? Homework, sorry, over here. Retirement, yeah. Bike rides, don't forget, 28th of August. Buying a house. What to have for dinner. Grocery shopping. Any, anything else? I mean, look, we, we could go on. But, you know, buying a house, but we'd, we'd make plans to build a house, didn't we? I remember when I was, um, I, when we lived in Holland in YWAM and I wanted to build a shed. We had, we, we had moved into a house where we actually had more than two rooms for our family and, and a little bit of a backyard and I wanted to build a shed. Now, I'm not a great planner. 
but I knew that there was some timber. I had some timber and some roofing sheets and some... Anyway, I had some stuff. And I just decided to start building to see where it would go. <laughs> hey, it worked. It didn't look pretty. And it kind of didn't get finished really well. So... But you know, we know how to, making plans isn't, we, we make plans for a house, we make plans in our business. None of us goes into a business deciding, let's just see what happens. We make plans in our family, we make plans for careers, we make plans for a, a partner, that special someone. I'm looking over here at the young, Joel said this is the young side, you guys are finished with that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> We make plans for holidays and said, like I said, we, we don't leave things to chance. In fact, we would almost consider it, not almost, we would consider it irresponsible in many areas not to plan. We, we, we teach our teenagers to plan, you know, to plan for success. We're intentional with our lives mostly. And we know what we want and we plan to get there, don't we? Well, Jesus was also intentional. He had a plan. He knew why he was here. Jesus knew why he was here on earth. He knew what he was uh, set out, what he was here to achieve. He knew who he served, his Father in heaven, and he knew what his purpose was. By far the biggest part of Jesus' plan was us, you and me, wasn't it? His plan was to save us from sin, to restore our relationship with the Father. A relationship that he knew well, that he enjoyed, him, him and his father. And, and he knew that relationship and he wanted desperately for us to have that as well. And Jesus was resolute in that plan. He was, he was fixed on that plan. He knew what he was doing. Even when it was challenged, you know, when it was challenged and people asked him and there's that scripture where it says and he turns and, and he set his face like stone or, or some versions use flint, which is the hardest kind of stone, towards Jerusalem. Don't distract me. I know where I have to be. Jesus didn't just wander through life. He didn't just wander through the earth in order to reach that plan or to see what would happen. Hey, Father, this is a really good idea. Why don't I go down to earth and let's see what happens? Let me just wander around and see what happens. And the interesting thing is Jesus had plans inside plans inside plans. He had so many other plans. Jesus' plan was to show us the Father, to show us who God was and what he was like. You know, and he said to, said to his followers, if, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I want to show you the Father. His plan was to show us who loved us, to show us who had us in his heart, in his mind, who created us, who made us, who directed us. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. His plan was to show us the Father, what the Father was like. His plan was to bring healing and restoration to, to broken lives. You know, he, he said to the crowd, he said to his disciples, you know, I came for the sick, not the well. I, I came to heal the broken. His plan was to bring healing and restoration to broken humans. His plan was to show us that, that we can have a full life in him right now. Not sort of pie in the sky when you die. It's not kind of, you know, hang in there and it, it'll come. He said to his listeners, I came that they may have life and have it to the full. He came to show us a full life through him. 
His plan was to show us the kingdom of heaven. He, he talked about the kingdom of heaven is here and I want to show you. And we've, we've done messages on, on the Sermon on the Plain and the Sermon on the Mount. And, and, and when he described the kingdom, he came to show us the kingdom, a better, a new and better way to live. And there's this interesting quote that I read and, G, and it said this about the kingdom. Jesus' message was that the kingdom of God had come and that borderless kingdom existed everywhere someone's heart was submitted to him let me say that again jesus message was that the kingdom of god had come and that borderless kingdom existed everywhere someone's heart was submitted to him he wasn't interested in improving on broken earthly governments and getting rid of the romans etc instead he was calling people to draw people to his kingdom to build his church Did you hear that he was calling people to draw people making disciples and that's what he's talking about he came to show us the kingdom his plan was to show us how to be ambassadors of that kingdom how we could be the ones that represent that kingdom into the world his plan was to show us that he would actually never leave us and right at the end he showed us you know what i'm going to send the holy spirit to indwell you my plan is to never leave you to leave you empowered to do what you've got to do And so I could go on with what he planned to do, but you see his plans, his plan was to redeem us as his people, as, the, as, as his father's children. But in the midst of that, his plan, he was very intentional in his life here on earth. And I wrote in a newsletter, and I, I wrote this statement, he planned to bring salvation to us, to invest the kingdom in us, and to bring the kingdom to the world through us. And that was his plan. To bring salvation to us, to invest the kingdom in us, and to bring the kingdom through us. And that was his plan. You know, and then there, if you look at Jesus' life, then there was the daily things with, with the guys that were close to him, the disciples and the people that hung out with him, or those in his life that he planned to use. And in his time here on earth, he, he taught the disciples to pray. Real practical things. He taught them to pray. He planned to teach them that. He taught them to converse with the Father. He taught them lessons. He taught. He just taught life lessons and parables. He socialized with people that others wouldn't socialize with. He taught people to listen. And all this was planned. It, it wasn't haphazard. If you read about in John chapter 4, if you read the story of the woman at the well and, and you read the very start of it, it says... He had to go. Jesus was intentional. No one goes to a well at midday, the hottest time of the day, to draw water. No one goes there unless you're a Samaritan woman and you're not allowed to be there any other time because you're unclean or you're not accepted. And that's when you sneak in there. and go. Jesus in the scripture says he had to go. Even his interaction with the woman at the well. And Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, I must eat at your place today. It's all planned. It's not accidental. Jesus wasn't this rabbi wandering around thinking, wow, I wonder what will happen today. You know, and I'll jump on an opportunity. And then he had plans as he sent them out. And there in our scriptures, he sent out more again. And it was all planned. It was not not haphazard. In our scriptures, you can see that he sent the people out. This is now bringing the kingdom through them. I want you to go. 
And I want you to do this. Don't take this and this. I want you to do this. I want you to, to when, you, when you get into a house, I want you to, to, to eat with them, to be with them. And I, I spoke on that sometime before. Eat with them and be with them and, and take care of their needs and, and heal the sick and then, and then tell them about the kingdom. It was very practical and very instructive. Not just let's see what happens. Use the power I gave you. Plan to make a difference. And it's interesting, I was looking through the rest of the Gospels and in Matthew, uh, where Jesus sends them out in the Gospel, it actually says, as you go. So Glenn is, um, Glenn's right. So as I said, Jesus didn't only have a plan for the disciples, he also had a plan through them into the world. And that's what he has for us as well. And so when you think of, when you think of, you know, what are your priorities? What are the opportunities in your life? You've got a plan. You've got a plan for it. A layered plan. How am I doing that? And this has everything to do with moving people in following Christ, making plans. You know, to state the obvious, I was thinking if Jesus needed to plan, then why would we think we wouldn't? Now, why would we plan in every other area of our life and then with you know, kingdom work or discipling, let's just, let's just see what happens if we get an opportunity or something like that. If Jesus needed to plan, then why would we not? You know, the as you go can leave an impression, and this is, and Glenn intimated last week, him and I had a discussion about the as you go, it can leave this impression that as you go, just to see what happens, you know, head off in your life and, and hey, you know, if there's an opportunity and the Holy Spirit prompts you and you're obedient to it and all the, all the stars align, I might do something. It can leave that impression, but it's not what it's about. It's as you go in obedience to Jesus' command to make disciples. That's why we live, you know. The assumption being that that is what you're about. And, and is that a, the right assumption? I start asking myself the question, is that the right assumption for me? Is that the right assumption for us? That my life is about going in obedience to Jesus' command to make disciples. That doesn't mean that I don't do my practical work or things that I do, but there's this overarching plan that that's the assumption that that's what I'm about. That's what my life on earth is here about. That's what your life on, here, on earth is here about. Is that a good assumption? Is that what you're about? And not just as a church, you know, because churches are about that, because we're supposed to be about that. But as an individual, wherever you find yourself. You know, as we said before, we know that planning is important. We're even trained for it. We plan for almost everything. You know, how many, of, how many fathers or mothers have sit, sat down with your growing or grown-up kids and, and talked to them about, you know, how do you, how do you use your first wage packet? You know, how are you going to plan your career? How, how, you know, Dad, I'm thinking of buying a house. Well, let me help you plan how to do that, how to, you know, to save for a deposit and how to do all that sort of stuff. Oh, Dad, I think I'd like to get married. Well, let me... No, he probably wouldn't help you plan that. You might not let him. But we do. We teach our kids to, to, to have strategies on things and we teach them investment strategies. You know, what are you going to do with your money? How are you going to invest that so that, you know, help me see, you know, help, let me help you see, son or daughter, this is what happens in 50 years. And we know how to do that. How many of us have sat down with our kids and talked about a planning strategy for evangelism, for discipleship for them as they go ahead? I probably can't put my hand up either. Yet we know planning. 
We plan for our future with superannuation investments. We plan educations and career paths. We plan relationships and families. We plan holidays. We pay people to help us plan things. You get someone in and pay them so that they can plan your investment strategy or plan your house plans. Or We pay people. So we know that planning is important, right? Am I right? We do. You're all just nodding really tentatively because you know he's going to come up with something and then we're going to be stuck. <laughs> so when we think of being disciples and making disciples, sharing with Jesus, sharing Jesus with those that do know him, that's growing in our fellowships, that's our life groups, our grow groups, our church community, our, our mothers, whatever, sharing Jesus with those that do know him and those that don't, my question is, what's your plan? What's your plan for that? Being a disciple, sharing Jesus with those that do know him and those that don't. What's your plan? Do you kind of leave it to chance? And do you baptize that? Or make it religious by saying, you know, I'm just open to God's leading. That's not making a plan. Or do you actively look and plan for it? You know, planning is always easier when I know where I'm going, when I know what I want or I know what I'm supposed to want or to do. And it's easier when I know why I'm here. You know, when I get into the office on Monday mornings, planning is easy because I know why I'm there. I know ahead what's going to happen. I know that next week, Sunday, I'm going to speak again because Glenn's still vacationing somewhere tropical. No, it's not. It's Ringwood, <laughs> which is definitely not tropical, guys. You know, so I, I know there's things. So, so you know, I, I, I know why I'm here. I know what I'm supposed to do. So planning becomes easier. Remember I said that Jesus knew why he was there and that dictated his plan. As followers of Christ, we need to know why we're here. What, what is our purpose? We need to understand that. I, th I think we know that. We read the Word and we get plenty of sermons on that. And this whole year is about moving people in following Christ and discipleship. We actually know why we're here, don't we? As followers of Christ, we need to know our purpose. And it does get mixed up a little bit for us because there's lots of inputs and expectations and kind of assumptions that the world and, and, and life places on us. And, and we get kind of muddled about why I'm really here. What, what am I really here for? This is the religious Andrew. Uh, and this is the, the worker week Andrew. This is the builder Andrew. This is the motor mechanic. This is the accountant. Do you know what I mean? We, we kind of end up living in these pockets. We need to understand our purpose, our, our purpose, the way that God called us, what God has called us to. Do we understand that our purpose is to be kingdom ambassadors for the time that God gives you here on earth? That's not just a high calling for a few in exotic ways and places. You know, sometimes we can get caught in this idea that that's a high calling. Being a kingdom ambassador is a high calling for those missionaries, those pastors, those, you know, those super spiritual people in church that always pray first and all those sorts of people. It isn't just. It's for all of us understanding that you have the kingdom living in you and you are a kingdom ambassador. And Jesus' command to you was to go. And as you go, go and bring the kingdom I want to bring the kingdom through you into the world. That's God's plan for you. Right where you are. Family, friends, work, neighbours, the community, the world, all of those contexts. You know, Glenn spoke of opportunities and um, I was thinking about that and I was thinking there's two ways to see that. 
the more passive way, take opportunities when they come, or maybe the more dynamic and active way, make opportunities. Both are good, but because we're talking about making plans today, I'm going to focus on make opportunities and make plans. I believe we do need to make them. So how can you do that? How do you, how do, you do that? We, we often fall into thinking that making plans is this huge thing. It's huge. It's, it's going to be, oh, how can I fit it in? It's going to have to be this huge time-consuming thing and uh, event. And that can kind of stop us from doing it because the rest of our life kind of presses on us. Not that it's always bad to plan an event. I, I think that's a great idea. But think of your... Uh, daily and weekly routine. Just just think for a minute. I'm going to give you like 10 seconds to think of what, what does your week and day generally look like. So you've got a bit of picture of that, right? Think of your daily, weekly routines. And so personally, if we're talking about being a disciple and making disciples... Where do things like easy things like grow group and life group fit in? Um, what about things like just reading the word or, or taking hold of a ministry opportunity and going and being part of Cap Money or, or um, Cavell Kitchen for an hour a week? Having a mentor. These things don't just happen. These are, you've got to plan for your own personal growth as well. But in your routine, think about things like, and I started writing down things. Think about, I don't know how it works at your place. But, you know, when, when do you see your neighbours? Is it when you're driving in the driveway, when they're mowing their lawn and you're mowing yours, when you're picking up the rubbish bins um, at the letterbox? You know, when do you see your neighbours? Because you do see them every now and then. Most of us do anyway. What about colleagues, you know, at the work site or in the tea room, the lunch room or at the project table or um, around a desk or, or across the desks? Mothers at a, at a cafe, guys at drinks. I don't know if you, you do drinks after work and that sort of stuff. Meeting community people at Cavell Kitchen and that sort of stuff. What about friends? You know, friends catch-ups, you know, catching up with a friend or having a coffee with somebody, you know, like you regularly catch up with friends or, or that could be on Facebook or, or with texts. Sport, while you're watching sport, while you're playing sport or training. And then I wrote butcher. Do you go to the butcher? Do you go to the baker? Do you go to the banker? Where, where do you go? Think of your week. What, what are some of the things that you do? Now, I'm not talking about doing a full-on gospel presentation with everyone you see. A friend of mine in Holland, his name is Wim, good Dutch man. And he is a, um, he actually, seriously, guys, he has a prophetic gift. And it's amazing. If you ever get caught in his clutches, he's going to sit you down and talk to you. And he's going to talk to you. And it's amazing. Wim goes into town in the morning, a little village. We lived in middle, and, and he would go into the village and he had to go to the bank. And he went to the, um, I don't know, the Rabo Bank or one of the banks. And he came back for lunch and he sat with me at lunch and he says, oh, I went to the bank. He said, and you'll never guess what happened. He said, I got there and I'm, all of a sudden I felt like God gave me a prophecy for the teller. Wim is not a man who has shame or he's not afraid. He's an old man, he, you know. So he starts prophesying over this girl, this bank teller, for like 10 minutes until she's weeping. And then she comes out from behind and he prays with her. And then he goes back as lunch. 
And this is, yeah, and this is someone, and he's pretty, he's, he's pretty out there if you ever meet him, but this is someone that understands that's his plan. He knows that his life is to bring the kingdom to other people. And he's not scared of what their reaction, I'm sure he gets lots of negative reactions as well. And he has, you know, I'm not suggesting you all go and prophesy at ANZ tomorrow, unless God really tells you and you have a prophetic gift. I believe you should increase my overdraft. That's not prophecy, guys. You know? What about people in your church? People at church on Sunday here or uh, or family members at at dinner or dinner parties at, at parties and that. You know, there is, when you think about it, there is a stack of little contexts that you could use to bring the kingdom. And bringing the kingdom isn't necessarily doing gospel presentations. Sometimes with our neighbors, it's how you're going. Or how did you go with that? We have some neighbors right at the front of our property, a young couple, and, and he just got a new job and she is really looking for a job. She's an, an OT, I think, or some sort of OT, and she's been, um, this company's been keeping her on a string. And anyway, and so we met with her and, and so we always ask about it. How's it going with the job? Is that, did you get an interview yet? And, and we're still praying for you because we told her we would pray for her. And she said, oh, thank you, you know. It takes about 10 seconds Think about the contexts of your life and make a plan to use those moments. You don't have to add to your agenda or your diary or to your busyness of your life, but the places you are, you can use them to speak the kingdom and to speak life into people. And you never know what can grow out of that. You don't. You know, you may, you may speak to 100 people and you'll think, and then one person one day will come back to you or contact you somehow and say, hey, you know, you come and get a coffee every morning and you always say, have a great day or you say, you know, have a blessed day or something like that. What do you actually mean by that? My mother's really sick and all that sort of stuff. Are you, you know, do you know? I'm making it up. But do you know what I mean? Make a plan to use it. Like Jesus, he knew why he was here and nothing was accidental. Everything was intentional. Make a plan. When you think about it, there are so many contexts in each day or week or month. How would it look if you became intentional about some or all of those interactions? Small 30-second ones or or longer ones? What if you made a plan to share something of the kingdom in each of those places? And I was remembering when I was talking about this, and and the next slide, pop the next slide up, Jordan. I was remembering this scripture in Corinthians, and, and I love this. It says, For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved, and among those who are perishing. What kind of smell do you leave behind in each interaction? Is it the fragrance of Christ? Is it something of the kingdom? Those on the inside, those that are being saved, even here on Sundays, what kind of fragrance are we leaving behind with each other in your life groups, in your grow groups? Jesus was intentional with his whole life, every layer, He used it for a purpose. There was a plan. There was a plan. He made plans. He worked to a plan and he planned to use situations. You know, and I started thinking about my life and I thought, you know what, I just don't always remember it. You know, a lot of times on Fridays, I like, to, I like to buy the newspaper on Fridays because I like to read the Cars Guide. I'm still a bit of a Cars thing and I like to sort of keep up with the market. And in Anne Road, there's a little milk bar shop there and there's two Asian, there's an older Asian lady and a younger Asian lady. I don't think either of them know more than 50 words of English between them, 25 each, you know. But every Friday morning I go in there and they always smile and they say, good morning, how are you? You know, 
It's really nice, and I'm surprised because a lot of people don't do that when you walk into the store. And I think every time I think, oh, I should say something, and I forget to do it. And I have been the last week, the last two weeks. I have been. I, the younger one was there, and I said, "Oh, how are you? I hope you have a great day. You know, I hope you enjoy your day." It could be little things like that. What are the things that you do? Use situations, and you can learn to do it. You can train yourself to do it, just like you train planning in other areas. Understand that moving people in following Christ or discipleship is not just a church activity or a religious activity. It's all of life because it is our purpose. It is how we bring glory to God with our lives. No need to add it to our lives. It should be part of our lives. And I do want to be real here because I know, I do understand and I think it's, it would be would be dishonest to say that it doesn't take reordering your life sometimes. It does. Being a discipler, bringing the kingdom to people, yeah, it does sometimes mess up your life and mess up your plan, but it doesn't always have to. Jesus' plan brought us salvation. Our plans are to bring that to others. Amen? So make a plan. Think of your week. Think again of that, that 10 seconds I gave you. Think of your week, the things that you do, the coffees that you hand out, Joel. You know, the interactions, the phone calls that you have with people, the staff members that you might talk to, the people at school. I don't know all of your contexts. Think of a way you could turn each one of those into leaving the fragrance of Christ or the kingdom behind. Think of one. Just, just, just When I buy the newspaper, do one and build it from there. Talk to someone. You know how I said we get people to help us to plan in building houses and all the big important things in life, but we don't go and talk to someone to help us to plan to be a discipler, which ironically is the most important thing in life, isn't it? Let's pray. God, we want to thank you that you um, <laughs> that you're incredibly practical. Jesus, you were incredibly practical. You had a plan. You um, were training the disciples. You were showing the disciples what to do. And you were incredibly practical in telling them how to do it. Lord, I, I just thank you that that's true for us as well, that um, we live life every day outside the doors of this place or our homes where we interact with people, where we are ambassadors, where we are light bearers. Lord, help us to see how to use that, use those situations to bring the kingdom. Lord, inside our communities, in our families, and, in, and even in this church community, help us to learn how to move each other even more into following Christ by, by being disciple makers, by being willing to grow each other, by being willing to challenge each other, by being willing to be challenged. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you to prompt us and remind us. We need you to empower us and equip us. We need you to inspire us, and we thank you that you do. Thank you that you live in me, that you live in us, so that we can do that in whatever context we find out ourselves. Lord, teach us uh, and remind us, if we need to be reminded, that we live, exist to bring glory to you, and this is how we can bring glory to you, that your kingdom would come here on earth, through us, into other people, but also in us. 
Lord, I pray that you would just bring to mind for each one of us maybe one or two contexts where we could begin to do that. Show us how to, um, how to be intentional, how to make a plan, how to plan um, to bring your kingdom to someone who doesn't know it yet, however that might look. And then give us the courage to do that and step out and do it as well. Lord, I pray that we would be a community, we would be a body of believers that's passionate about seeing you in all the interactions we have, in all of the things that we do. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Where's my... Uh... We're going to finish with a song. And um, that's going to be the end of the service. But I want to encourage you, if you want to pray with somebody, you know, if you want to go and talk to somebody um, that's a professional plan maker that can pray with you to make a plan, if you want to pray with somebody uh, about an opportunity you have, or if you want to pray with somebody about something else or talk to somebody about something else, please do that. We always have prayer people on the sides of the church afterwards, people you can talk to and, and pray with. Take the opportunity to do that. And sometimes they're not necessarily any more inspired or, or, or connected to God than you are. But talking to someone and saying, you know what, I, I want to I start doing this. I want to begin to just pray with me that, it, that, that God would give me the courage and the Holy Spirit would inspire me to do that. Praying with someone always is a shot of... Um, a shot of energy and inspiration as well. And it's one of the things that we can do. And you don't have to go to the people at the side here. You can find someone else in the church to pray with. But I believe it works. I want to encourage you to do that. Pray with somebody. If not, enjoy coffee with us. And remember about that fragrance to those that are being saved. That's the people around you. Think about that when you talk to people this morning. Amen? Stand.